Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Can imagine Patty and Selma, the ants from The Simpsons. I had a very comparable pair of ants in my family back in the day. Aunt Billy being the the only difference between Patty and Selma and my Aunt Billy and Evelyn is that, well, Evelyn was nice and Billy, Billy was the only one who smoked. <laughs> That was the only difference. Aunt Billy, Aunt Billy sounds like a gem, though. Oh. That story where she took off in the car and nobody knew where she went, that oh is my God. gold. Yeah, we'll hear more of that later. I guarantee you that. Can't, plus, Canty's got some holiday problems. First time uh, around uh, as a married couple, and he is about to experience what it's all about. That's right. Canty and Carlin. Yeah, I have no idea which direction I need to go in, Carlin. I'm going to need some guidance. I might need some of the listeners to call in with some advice. We got a lot going on in the Canty household for the first Thanksgiving as man and wife. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. On the story of the day, Zach Wilson being benched by the New York Jets. Here he is just a little while ago. It's tough, man, and it's never fun, but, you know, the first thing kind of went to my mind is I got to get to work. I got to, you know, I got to get better, and, and uh, I'm going to approach that every single day to just keep working to get better. Were you surprised? You know what? I wouldn't say necessarily surprised because I haven't been doing my job, and you know, of course, I would like to not agree with the decision and everything. But it comes down to I got to play. Uh, you got to play better. That's where it got combo, uh, cut off. And here's a little bit more from him. Yeah, I truly believe you know he has the best interest in me and in the team, and you know he does an amazing job of doing that. And you know, I'm looking forward to just the future and and, and from this event how I can grow as a person, as a leader, as a teammate. Um, and being there for my guys and just handling things the right way. And this is going to be a good opportunity, a humbling opportunity for me to put my head down and work harder. And- Canty, uh, he also called it, uh, as we said, as we kind of heard there, humbling experience, regrets his comments from after the game, says he didn't realize mm-hmm. what he said until his dad texted him, says he feels awful and wanted to apologize to teammates and show some accountability. Now, Let me just, from a player perspective, a friend texted me this with just a small theory, and you tell me, this is not to protect Zach Wilson, this is just the outside versus the inside of what's real and what's not. You notice that he was up there on the podium on Sunday after that game, he hadn't gone in and showered, he was still, you know, dressed as, uh, still had his uniform on, so to speak, a lot of it, and hadn't necessarily taken a few extra minutes. Canty, was that a huge mistake where he should have just gone showered, collected his mind, all of that, or are we reaching when we say that? No, you're reaching when you say that because when you go into the locker room after a game, there's a mandatory 10-minute period where you have a chance to cool down. The media is not allowed to have any access to the players or coaches, and usually those coaches in there in that time period are going to explain to you essentially what the messaging is from the organization. And so you take your cues from them, and then you tailor your response, putting your own little spiel on it. But with Zach Wilson, Carlin, it was clear that his position was he didn't feel like he let the team down. He didn't feel like the offense let the defense down. And therein lies the problem. And so all of the things that he said just now in response to him being benched, those are the right things to say. But I don't know if that's Zach Wilson actually doing the talking 
or is that the organization trying to prep him in order to create a pathway for him to be back in the starting lineup before season's end? That's the part that, that's hard for me to understand or hard to me to come to grips with because you're talking about 48 hours ago, this guy accepting no accountability for how bad the offense has been the last few weeks, and now I'm supposed to believe that he gets it just because Rob Sala makes the announcement that he's not going to be starting in week 12? I don't know if it happens that fast, man. I've been around the National Football League a decade and a half, and you usually don't see players pivot that quickly. So I hope he's learned his lesson, but I'm in wait-and-see mode in terms of what the future holds for Zach Wilson in a Jets uniform. I don't think I'm, I would not say that he's learned his lesson until he sits out for a few games and understands the consequences for what just happened. And if he watches Mike White go out there and play well, I mean, that's going to be a gut punch. And frankly, I hope that happens. I hope it happens because sometimes, and, and let's call it what it is, with, with a guy like Zach Wilson, it feels like you have to get hit over the head with it. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like you really have to understand that this cannot be taken for granted. And through a year and a half, when they had some maturity concerns uh, last year and felt like they were handled in the offseason, to have this happen is a major, major problem for the Jets. A major problem for the Jets. And it really, I, what I'm curious about right now is who it's more of a major problem for. Who's got more pressure on them moving forward? Is it Joe Douglas as the guy that picked him? Or is it Robert Sala as the guy who's got to try to win games? Now, I think there's pressure on Joe Douglas, but I don't think there's as much as everybody would make it out to be because, Mm. number one, I don't believe this is the last opportunity Zach Wilson's going to get. Number two, Joe Douglas wasn't dumb when he got there. He he, he turned the job down a couple of times and got a six-year contract. And number three, the Jets need some stability, and they have put a lot of other pieces in place here, Canty. Yeah, but the most important piece is the quarterback, and Joe Douglas is tied to Zach Wilson for better or worse. Now, do I think Joe Douglas can survive Zach Wilson being a draft bust? Sure, but that would involve the team being able to qualify for the postseason. So. I would say there's more pressure on Joe Douglas than there is Rob Sala because think about it. Rob Sala's identity and his background is on the defensive side of the ball. What's the strength of the New York Jets? Mm-hmm. The defense. The defense. Uh, yep. One of the other things that you look for from a young head coach is can he develop talent? Go ahead and check that box with what we saw from Brees Hall before he got hurt, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, who looks like the best corner in football 10 games into his pro career, and Jermaine Johnson, not to mention all of the other young players um, that have emerged as solid contributors for the Jets. Even handling a situation like Elijah Moore, what Rob Sala has done uh, you know, during his second year as the head coach, those are the things that matter in terms of you know, evaluating whether or not a guy can wear the hat of being an NFL head coach. I think Rob Sala has pretty much checked all of those boxes. And, by the way, he's getting better in front of the microphone talking to the media about the state of affairs. I think by far and away there is more pressure on Joe Douglas to get this team to the playoffs than there is Rob Sala. And I think that was the impetus for Joe Douglas being on board with benching a quarterback that he took with the second overall pick a year and a half ago. Yeah, but, you know, for for all the credit you're giving Salah for developing those players, Joe Douglas picked those players, too. I mean, he deserves credit for for Sauce Gardner and for Brees Hall and for Jermaine Johnson. Does he not get any credit for that? 
No, he gets credit for it, but do we give Rob Sala credit for being able to make it work with a makeshift offensive line? Think about sure. the injuries on the offensive line. No McCon Becton, no Elijah Vera Tucker. They had to shuffle some pieces. They brought in Dwayne Brown, who was on the street. And, Carlin, look how solid the offensive line has been for this New York Jets team, being able to pave the way for that run game, the engine of that offense. So, yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying in terms of giving some credit to Joe Douglas, and rightfully so. But th- this defense is flying around, and, and it's not just the players that Joe Douglas brought in. Ken- Quentin Williams is playing at an all-pro level. Uh, I mean, you got guys up. John Franklin Myers, outstanding for the New York Jets this season. Like, you've got guys being contributors, and I think you have to give credit to Rob Sala putting together a pretty good scheme and making sure that he's getting the most out of the talent that he has on both sides of the ball. So I give more credit to where the Jets are at this season to the head coach, making sure that those young guys are ready to step in and play NFL ball, but also making sure that the veterans realize their full potential as well. So can Mike White take the Jets to the playoffs? Oh, it's a version, a Thanksgiving version of Kenny or Canty. That's on the way. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I tell you, we got our picks later. We have what I think is just a a solid, solid strategy moving forward after what has been a rough first half of the season. Our strategy. If I heard what I think I heard from our guy in the studio, Ryan Matlack, when it comes to the pickup challenge, then I feel great about what direction we're leaning in. Fade them. Pick them challenge this week. That I mean, yeah, we, that we, is... fade, we fade. We fading like Jordan in '98 against the Utah Jazz. We are fading <laughs> Barton Hahn, <laughs> fading away from them, like fading away from Brian Russell. Yep. And I think it's a I'm tremendous strategy. Yes. I think it's a tremendous yes. strategy. They got a little chirpy. They're about. They're about to find out. They're about to find out. Yeah. Well, we had one bad yeah, week. I'm just saying. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, my friends, here's the deal. We do this once a week. It is a little game that we like to call Kenny or Canty. The question is simple. Kenny or Canty? But only one man can answer. What high production value to start this segment the only man who can answer it <laughs> is Chris Canty. And he will answer. Kenny or Canty, are you ready? 
Yeah. Can Odell Beckham Jr. have an impact on whoever he signs with, Kenny or Canty? He can. I, I like Odell with the Dallas Cowboys, but I think he could have an impact with the New York Giants too, especially with them being down Wondell Robinson on the season. I'm not saying that he's going to step in and be a number one receiver. I'm not going to say he's stepping in and looking like the Odell with the Giants in his first three seasons, but I do think Odell can be a solid number two receiver, a guy that can consistently create separation and tight man coverage, and that's what you need once you get to the postseason. Guys that can make plays and win one-on-ones, certainly if he's healthy, he has the ability to do that. Can Mike White lead the Jets to the playoffs, can he or can't he? He can. I mean, you look at the schedule for the New York Jets. Carlin, they've got to get to nine wins, in my estimation, to make the playoffs. Here's where they're going to get the three wins. The Chicago Bears, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then one win between the Vikings, the Bills, the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins. So can Mike White do it? Damn right he can do it. But I think it's going to be more about the defense than anything else. Can Ohio State and Michigan both make the college football playoff? Can he? Can they? Can't he? Or can't he? They can't, Carlin. <laughs> make sure you get your 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 your, your pronouns right. You know, you make sure you have pronouns, whatever. You, yeah. Make sure you get that right. But yeah, uh, no, they can't. I think it's going to ultimately end up being Ohio State. We know that Michigan took it to them last year in the big house. I don't expect that Michigan is going to be able to run that back in the horseshoe. So I think it's going to be Ohio State, but only one of them's getting in. Going off of LSU, can LSU make it an overall one-loss USC or one-loss Clemson? Kenny or Canty or Canty? No, Carlin. LSU is not going to make it in. It's not going to happen. I mean, I guess technically it could happen if they win the conference championship, but I don't anticipate that that's going to end up happening. So, no, I don't think LSU is going to get in over USC or over Clemson. I believe in SC a lot more than I do Clemson, but we'll see what happens in the Pac-12 championship game. Can a non-quarterback like Micah Parsons win NFL MVP, Kenny, or can't he? He can't with a capital T because of Patrick Mahomes, who is running away with the MVP as far as I'm concerned. He's on pace, Carlin, for 5,550 yards, which would smash Peyton Manning's single-season passing record. He's got 28 passing touchdowns. The person that's number two is Joe Burrow with 22 He's leading the field by a country mile in passing metrics. The only one that he's not tops in is QBR, and he's slightly behind Tua. So, no, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP, and it's amazing that he's doing it while losing the most explosive receiver in the National Football League. Can Nathaniel Hackett do anything to keep his job, Kenny or Kenty? He can't, and Carlin Nathaniel Hackett might be out of a job after Thanksgiving weekend. That's how bad it's gotten with the Denver Broncos, the infamous somebody's got to win comment probably didn't sit well with the guys in the locker room, and I know it didn't sit well with ownership. They got no skin in the game when it comes to Nathaniel Hackett. If they lose in Charlotte to the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, Carlin, you could be talking about Nathaniel Hackett trying to find a ride back to Denver because they don't let him on a team charter. Okay, last one. We're going back to college football. Can the committee keep out an undefeated TCU? Can they or can't they? I don't think they can, Carlin. I don't think it's going to happen. And as much bias that I have against the Big 12, I honestly think that this is just a year where everybody not named Georgia and Ohio State could potentially have a black mark on their resume. And so TCU has just the opportunity, by virtue of circumstance and staying undefeated in the Big 12, of being in the college football playoff. 
But make, make no mistake, they are not on par with the top six teams in the college football playoff rankings right now. They're not better than Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, or USC. Oh, that was a rousing, rousing rendition of Kenny or Canty. Well done. Well done. Disagree with any of the takes? Uh, I would disagree with none of the takes, as I think about them. <laughs> I really had no issues other than the fact that, yet again, you're a bad teammate by refusing to pump up Micah Parsons when it comes to the MVP, considering our financial uh, investment in that particular proposition. You continue to work against us. MVP odds, Carlin, them MVP odds are sinking like the Titanic, brother. All right, but let me just go. All right, just give me this for one second. Like Elsa and Frozen, let it go. Okay, let it go. just, Just give me this for one second. Tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, big stage, three and a half sacks. One of them's a strip sack. Four can he touchdowns? Get back in the race? Huh? No. No, he can't get back in the race. I, I will say this. If he has a couple of plays like that down the stretch, you know, against the Eagles, against the Giants, good teams that they're fighting to compete with for, you know, the, the division lead and potentially the number one seed – then maybe. If the if the Dallas Cowboys find themselves being the top seed in the NFC and Michael Parsons leads the league in sacks, and I think he's three off of the lead right now, I, I think there's an outside chance, but it'd have to be, you know, in, in, in conjunction with Pat Mahomes faltering down the stretch. And based on how I saw him play at the end of that Chargers game, Carlin, it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to either, but I'm just not going to work against my own team. That's all. Well, keep hope alive. Well, Carlin, keep hope alive. I just happen to like being right, okay? I like credibility. I like money I like more than right. being right. Well, I mean, listen, we can get your money back with the primetime parlays, but I don't know if we're going to be able to get your money out of that investment for Michael Parsons with MVP. It is a matchup of unbeatens in what is already a ridiculous rivalry to begin with. And we are going to talk to a guy who knows all about it. Canty and Carlin, next ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Ohio State Michigan is always, always an incredible rivalry, but then you add to it 
the fact that both these teams are undefeated Saturday at noon. It is shaping up to be an amazing, amazing game between the Buckeyes and the Wolverines. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. Look, I'll make no bones about it. I love Ohio State in this game. And Canty, I've, I've got major reservations about Michigan's ability to throw the football if they need to. And I think Ohio State will be able to run it on what has been, frankly, a very stingy Michigan defense. This game being played, as we know, in Columbus. Obviously, the Buckeyes are annoyed after what happened last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't think Michigan is as talented as they were last year, even though Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards are both very good. You know what? So are Henderson and and Mayan Williams for, for Ohio State. No doubt about it, but here's the thing I will say, Carlin, in that win against Illinois, you could tell that Blake Corum wasn't himself, even though he rushed for over a buck. It wasn't his usual performance in terms of overall productivity. And so if he can't be that force multiplier, he can't be the engine for that Michigan offense, I think it could be a long day for the Wolverines. Uh, Look, this could be one of those – I don't know that I trust McCarthy. I don't know no, that you I know, do. No, you know. You know you don't trust him. I, that's <laughs> you're true. You're saying you don't know if you do trust You know you don't trust me. You're right. I have the answer to the question right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, a guy who knows an awful lot about this a long time ago. You want to understand what it is to walk into a rivalry? This, just over 21 years ago, was Jim Trestle, the former Ohio State head coach, at a basketball game at Ohio State the day he was hired. Proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. That's a man who understood the assignment. He is Jim Trussell, and he joins Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Jim, we appreciate a few minutes. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing great, and just great. when I say the words Ohio State, Michigan to you, what comes to mind immediately? What do you think of right away? Fun. It, 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 is, the, it is the greatest week of the year. It, it's two great teams. It's a hard, clean, tough game. Uh, you know, you think about it all year long, and uh, you finally get to that day where you get to have fun. Coach, the last time both teams were playing and they were both coming into this game unbeaten was 2006 where you were coaching against Lloyd Carr. That's the circumstance that these programs find themselves going into this weekend. Can you talk to us a little bit about the level of urgency, the intensity that the game week is, and then what it feels like on game day? Well, you know, it does add a little something that uh, they're both so highly uh, rated, but, you know, I think back to we played them 10 times, and other than that game, I know we were ranked number one at the time. Other than that game, I don't remember where we were ranked, and I don't know that I cared where we were ranked. Um, You know, to me, the thing that really made that game one that I'll never forget is that late in the week, both Schembeck were passed. And both teams, you know, felt great. Uh, ownership to Bo Schembeck, where he coached for Woody, and and uh, he was an Ohio native. And of course, he and Woody had the ten-year war, and and uh, you know we all, all us young coaches at the time, idolized him and and went and studied from him as we were growing in the profession. And 
and he passes like Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which it was. And, and uh, all of a sudden, a one versus two got even, uh, I don't know, more special or, or something. And uh, it, it, it was something I'll never forget. Jim Trussell, former Ohio State head coach, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. How do you manage your team with all of the energy that is around that game during game week? Canty was kind of asking about it there, the idea of what practice is like and just what that energy feels like. Well, you know, the evolution of a season, you're you're now at your final regular season game. You're probably not practicing as long. Um you're you're laser focused, uh, you know, because you've grown to learn more and more every week. You know what what you need to get better at and so forth. And we always liked the fact that it was the final regular season game because we could do the special fun thing just to kind of maybe break some of that tension. You know, things like senior tackle, and we would bring the uh, marching band over, and we would march script Ohio with them, and we would always, for 10 straight years, we brought Earl Bruce in, uh, who had been a player at Ohio State, uh, assistant coach, Ohio, coach at Ohio State. Uh, and we he always kicked off our week. And our, our kids just loved, you know, just being reminded what that game was all about. And, and so I don't know that you were on the field any longer. You had been watching each other on film for 11 or 12 weeks, each other. Uh, and uh, they always like things to kind of break the tension. Coach, uh, Ohio State-Michigan is one of the greatest rivalries in sports, if not the greatest rivalry in sports. And this is a situation where I, I just want to – I know it's hard for you to rank the wins in this rivalry, but can you give me the moment or the play that encapsulates what this rivalry is all about? Well, you know, you know, the thing that I can tell you, I get asked all the time, which of our nine wins was the best or, you know, whatever. And the thing that always comes to my mind is that I remember the most is the one loss because mm. it, it just, you had to live with that thing for one whole year. And, and uh, you know, and so really, uh, I guess the thing that sums up that game uh, is you need to be successful. Jim Trussell, former Ohio State head coach. You only had to go through it once, so it wasn't that bad. I mean, you were nine and one against him, so I imagine you feel it, it pretty. It was a long year. <laughs> <laughs> coach, um, what about this game in particular? Uh, when you look at both sides, what about the matchup? What do you like, and what who do you like in the game? As if I have to ask. You know, I think overall talent. I would probably say, you know, from top to bottom. Uh, Ohio State might have an edge in that game, though. I mean, the number of times we beat them when they were ranked higher, uh, you know, was was significant. Uh, I, I think Michigan really has played better than everyone thought they might. You know, they thought, well, they lost those two great defensive ends, and they, you know, lost a bunch of good players, and and uh, that you know they might take a step back and. I think they've been pretty impressive. A couple of the big games, like, you know, Penn State, they, uh, you know, really dominated that game. Like any team, they had a couple close ones. Uh, the weather sometimes is a great equalizer. And, you know, you look at some of Ohio State's scores and you say, oh, they should have beat Northwestern by more. Well, they're lucky. They scored 21 points in that crazy game uh, with the wind 50 miles an hour. And 
so I, so I would say that um, uh, you know Ohio State may have a little more talent. I think a lot will have to do whether or not uh, that great running back from Michigan is 100 percent because he's a difference maker, and and if he's not. And he's one of those we, we used to always. Mark D'Antonio was on our staff, and he used to always say, "An impact player is a guy that lifts everyone else up." And I think that running back is an impact player. He just makes everybody better, and uh, I think his health will uh, have a, a, a big uh, say in this ball game. But the weather's going to be okay, which. Uh, I think helps Ohio State a little bit. You know, they like throwing it all over the place, and, and uh, sometimes the wind and the cold and the rain uh, makes that a little harder. And so, you know, I would think uh, Ohio State, having had to think about losing a, a, one year ago, thinking about it every day, uh, the emotional edge, I think, is a little bit on their side. So, you know, I would have to, even though I want the Buckeyes, I would have to, I would have to lean toward the Buckeyes if I was trying to be unbiased. Jim, we appreciate it, uh, and thanks so much for sharing your perspective of, you know, the greatest rivalry in college sports, I think. I don't know that there's any doubt about it. We appreciate it. Well, it's a special one. It was an honor to be a part of it for 13 years, really, 10 as a head coach and three as an assistant and wouldn't trade it for the world. Jim Tressel, former Ohio State head coach, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio this Rivalry Week preview. Brought to you by Boost Mobile. Switch to Boost Mobile for the power to save on one of America's largest 5G networks. We've got NFL football tomorrow and three fantastic games on the Thanksgiving Day slate. The Vikings are up on Thanksgiving. Uh, The not-so-good news? It's in prime time. So... Which Kirk Cousins is going to show up? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. I honestly can't remember a better slate of Thanksgiving Day games than what we have tomorrow. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. It all begins at no- at twelve thirty tomorrow. You've got the Viking, excuse me, you've got the uh, Lions and the Bills, and you've got the Cowboys and the Giants, and then you've got the Vikings and the Patriots. And there's Kirk Cousins, who is he's just so frustrating and prime time. We had Ben (laughs) Lieber on yesterday, Canty, former Vikings linebacker. And of course their current sideline reporter. And we asked him about the reputation around Kirk cousins in prime. If you've watched Kirk, you know, the last, I would even say three years, he's had so many clutch plays and throws down the stretch. You know, the last two years with Mike Zimmer, 
he had a, a number of would-be game-winning drives that nobody remembers or would remember because the defense would give up a, a touchdown or give up points and we'd lose the game. So he doesn't get the credit for going down and scoring in critical situations in a two-minute drill. Uh, and he's done that actually quite a few times this year. So when it comes to like the primetime things, I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe the, the law of averages are going to bounce back his way at some point in time because – we have seen him be very clutch. Yeah, well, the law of average has got a hell of a lot of work to do, Canty, because he's yeah. 10 and 18. Yeah. He's 10 and 18 and 4 and 12 against teams that, are, that have winning records in prime time. Yeah, that's not it. And especially going up against the defense that he's facing in the New England Patriots, calling that defense is tops in defensive EPA in the National Football League. So Bill Belichick has been able to come up with masterful schemes, and he's got guys all over the place that can make plays. Jack Jones might be overshadowed by what Sauce Gardner is doing, but Carlin, as a rookie, he's one of the better corners in the National Football League. Dev McCourty seems like he's the ageless wonder, and you just might have the defensive player of the year in Matt Jadon in that front seven rushing the passes. So good luck, Kirk Cousins. This is not the, uh, the defense that you want to face when you're looking for a bounce-back performance from your offense. Matt Jadon has 13 sacks this season. Yes. 13 yes. sacks to lead the NFL. Micah Parsons gets a lot of attention. He's got three sacks more than Micah Parsons does. Canty, my other big question about the Minnesota Vikings is simply, are they real or not? And that was a drubbing last week. I think a lot of it, as we have discussed at length, had to do with an emotional letdown after finding a way in Buffalo. But they have, we're going to talk about law of averages. They've had a lot of things go their way this year. Canty, this feels, you know what it feels like? The mm. Vikings feel like they could be the Steelers that started the year 11-0 and and then fall apart. I guess it could be that, Carlin. I don't think it will be, though. I think last week was an outlier for Minnesota. I, I, I hate to frame it like that, but it certainly feels like that was the case. They, they didn't necessarily have any explosive plays, and that's the problem. Their biggest gain on the day was a 17-yard run by Dalvin Cook, Carlin. That, uh, that, was not, that wasn't consequential. So, so I, I, just, I, I look at it from the standpoint of this team having a huge emotional letdown after back-to-back tight contested wins on the road against Washington, on the road – I mean – on the road against Buffalo. So coming off of that, coming back home, and knowing that you've got two games in five days, I think that played a factor into creating this situation where there was a natural letdown. Got to also keep this in mind. The Minnesota Vikings defense, they thrive off of being able to create takeaways. They are third in the National Football League in takeaways. The game against the Cowboys was the first game this season where they didn't force a turnover. So that's going to be huge for them in terms of being able to have a path to victory against the New England Patriots. So we'll see how this all shakes out. But I think that what we've seen from the Minnesota Vikings in the previous nine games is far more reflective than what we saw from them in Week 11 against the Cowboys. Yeah, I understand that. But you look at the previous nine games and the margins of victory. Four points against the Lions. Three points against New Orleans. uh, A touchdown against the Bears. Uh, a touchdown against the Dolphins. I mean, there's three points, uh, Washington, three points, Buffalo. They've had a lot of things go their way. They've had a lot of things go their way, and they've given up points as well. I don't think they're a great defense, but you're right. They take it away. Look at what's coming up here. 
you don't look at it and think this is murderer's row after the Patriots. You got the Jets at home. You're on the road at Detroit. You got Indianapolis and the Giants at home, then at Green Bay at Chicago. Canty, I have a feeling that while this is an eight-win team right now, they may only get three the rest of the way. Granted, that will get them to 11, and you'll obviously feel really good about that, but I feel like they're going to be trending the wrong direction by the time we get to the end of the year and limping into the playoffs. Well, I think Caesar still has their win total at like 12 and a half or something like that. So mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think they'll be far off of that, Carlin. And I don't look at them playing in a lot of close games as a bad thing. I, I look at it as a positive because when you come down the stretch pushing toward the playoffs, there are going to be a lot of closely context- contested games, and they all start to mean more as you get closer to the second season. So I, I think that that experience in the first 11 weeks of the season is actually going to benefit the Minnesota Vikings because this is not going to be a team that panics when they find themselves in one-score games late. Do they win tomorrow night? Yes, I think they bounce back tomorrow night. See, I think they will lose this game tomorrow night to the Patriots, and then I think they're going to be looking at themselves in the mirror trying to figure out who they are. Check out Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio.